So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a life coach who ended a 20-year relationship with alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to quitting alcohol that breaks all the rules, amazing stories from women who are throwing a better party because of it, and how you can stop drinking and start living. This show is not a substitute for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a health professional if your alcohol consumption is a risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Hello, my beautiful listeners. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode. I am so thrilled to have another one of our beautiful, empowered women guests here to share her journey and her story. And it's just been so inspiring to see through like the individual journeys, how much there is to relate to. Um, And I just want to say thank you so much. So we have today the beautiful Tina Quinn. And Tina has just recently come into my life as a sister, as part of um, a local sister circle gathering that we have here. And we've been getting to know each other. And it was just kind of serendipitous that we've been on a similar journey through a similar time frame too. And so um, I'm just so glad that you're here to share your story. So Tina, welcome. (laughs) Hi, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, I'm thrilled to have you here. So I, I will just start by having you tell our listeners a little bit about how you spend most of your days and what you're really loving about your your life right now. Yeah, uh, I um, I work in the new diamond manufacturing plant here in Gresham, so that's what I do for work. Um, but oftentimes I'm out in nature doing hunting of various sorts, uh, shed hunting, mushroom hunting. Um, Right now we're in turkey season, so turkey hunting, but with a really heavy focus on um, big game elk hunting. So we're trying to get away from the mainstream meat market and all of the grocery store that is. So 
that's a big focus in our lives. And um, I have a cat named Pippi and she's rad. Um, it's just my boy, my fiance and I um, and Pippi. And uh, yeah, we have been together since high school, my fiance and I, and we're recently engaged. So that's really exciting. And um, coming into this 2020 year, getting a planning for a wedding with the COVID was not what I expected, uh -huh. but um, I think it's a challenge that I can definitely overcome. So I know it's, um, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together. And, you know, I saw actually someone getting married on zoom, um, which was really oh, cute. Um, awesome. I, um, since you were talking about your time in nature, I just wanted to ask you a little bit, um, how, is that something that you've done for a long time that you've like, you guys have been out doing hunting and stuff like that? Um, for Jeremy and I recently in the last four or five years, but when I was a child, yeah, we were out fishing in Arizona and camping all summer, every summer, uh, extensively. Um, and then, yeah, when we moved up here to Oregon, it was even better. This, the conditions and the beach and the mountain and the rivers and the creeks, there's just so much more to explore here. Um, and in recent years, we've really been focusing on honing in on the skills and getting the equipment to be more self-sufficient and um, hunting is one of those skills that mm -hmm. to have when you want to be self-sufficient. So yeah, I love that. And um, I might circle back around to asking you a little bit about your connection with nature and how it's supporting you now. But um, I just wanted to start by talking a little bit about, you know, your background um, in history with alcohol and how it's showed up in in your life, you know, at a younger age, and then for you in as far as consumption, if you want to talk a little bit about that. Totally. Um, growing up in Arizona, both my parents were heavy, heavy drinkers. Um, we moved from Phoenix, Arizona to Gresham, Oregon in 2005. I was 15 at the time. Um, and their habits ha didn't change much, maybe increased a bit with the stress of moving. Um, and about a year or so later, my, my dad had found a job, um, but was also uh, very stressed out and still continuing to drink, um, and ultimately lost his battle to alcoholism, taking his life that uh, November 2006, 2006. Um, and so after that, I had really pushed away alcohol and wasn't um, attracted to it at all for, for very many years. And then um, my brother-in-law passed away in 2016 and right about that time I was feeling very attracted to it and I can't remember when I picked up what would have been like my first beer but I was very um, drawn to beer like my father was uh, the hoppier the better the yeastier the better um, and I developed this taste for it and just um, crept up every day would drink more and more and didn't really think it was a problem um, until like 2017, started really having some issues um, with my boyfriend at the time, and now fiance. Um, and then uh, as my habits increased, I would um, pick up more. And I was probably drinking like three or four beers, big ones, not the little ones, the big ones after work every day. Um, and it was like just this like to numb effect and I didn't really realize it at the time I just thought it was normal um, because my, my mom was still drinking and her um, newer husband also still 
still drank, so I didn't really associate the um, the negative effects then. And um, then uh, I had many times made the decision, the poor, poor decision to drink and drive. Um, and ultimately, one time went to do a paint paint class where you do you know you drink, and the teacher in the front teaches the group how to paint a a similar painting with my best friend and I and made the decision to drive us home and got into a head-on collision um, and was very uh, traumatized by the whole idea of the whole that everything that happened and um, the idea that I could have lost my best friend and uh, so it was a very great eye-opener in the moment I wasn't uh, able to see that um, but coming full circle now I'm I'm grateful for that experience because it's led me to where I am now and I've been able to do a lot of self-discovery and a lot of inner child work and looking inside myself and really um, settling in with what I feel like began a long, long time ago and being okay with that and just living this awesome life now without the resistance or the temptation that was put there with alcohol. Everything negative that would come, I associated that with alcohol. Mm in a roundabout way. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing all that. I know that is a lot of big information and I just really appreciate you, um, to, you know, being vulnerable and open enough to share that. So thank you. Um, is that when, did you, when you had that accident, was that when you did stop drinking or when you at least started the process of? Yes. Yes. The very next day I, gave it up and um it was not an easy <laughs> decision every day um but every day more that the decision was made i felt empowered to make the decision again and again and again and built it like a a, a building block wall around me of strength and power against mm. alcohol yeah i love that i think that that's such a um such an awesome mindset shift um to have as um you know, I think for so many people, it can look like this, why can't I, rather than I'm choosing not to, and this is a force of strength and resilience, rather than looking like at it like it's a weakness. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that's awesome. <clears throat> and I think that that's something that's really support, you know, there's a couple different ways to quit alcohol. There's like through deprivation, or there's through, I think, inspiration and resilience. And it seems like you've really chosen that path that you have the strength inside of you to, to face anything. Um, yes. and so, um, do, um, just kind of just circle around a little, cause that's a, like, it seems, you know, there's a lot there. And I think that so much of the time when we, um, you know, the story that's created for us around alcohol exists before we're born. So like you were saying, you didn't really and, you know, this is very, very similar to a lot of people's paths that you don't really know anything different and it looks normal um, that right. people are drinking a lot and it just seems like the thing that adults do. Um, and so um, in, in, like you were kind of saying, in retrospect, you've been able to look back and see some of the habits and the patterning um, that were taking place. And do you feel like, I mean, you do actually just said this, that you're, that all of this stuff in retrospect really was kind of a blessing in disguise. 
Oh, definitely, definitely. And I've made so many good connections and strengthened the ones that were there. And um, I'd like you'd said, I wouldn't have been able to see that it wasn't normal. And I was able to get that example shown to me by um, firstly by Kaylin and then other people. And once I, once I recognized it, I was able to see other people in my life similar to Kaylin that were not overtly like, oh, I don't drink, but they're just like, yeah, I don't drink. It's not a big mm -hmm. deal. And I was able to pull more of those people into my life. And um, really that supportive network is really what I feel is strengthening to having mm -hmm. people that you know are in a similar situation and uh, can understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. And do you think that it's, um, it's actually opened up different things in your life that you might not have paid attention to? Oh, totally. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still learning and expanding on those things. Um, but I've always been intrinsically connected to rocks and crystals. And now I'm learning about their healing properties and those kinds of things. And also um, astrology and numerology. I'd always been drawn to numbers and um, the universe and the stars and things, but now kind of understanding why and getting mm. more of a deeper understanding. And I feel like if I hadn't removed alcohol, I wouldn't have been able to understand and been able to gain the knowledge and the skills to learn about those things mm -hmm. because I was just so focused on drinking mm -hmm. and numbing myself out. And like, um, and it wasn't like a conscious thing. It was just what I did. And now instead of doing that, I really focus like on mindfulness and like in the moment and I've been able, I've learned to meditate, which I find very, very helpful. Um, I want to do more yoga. I don't practice much yoga, but I feel like that's like the next level. Um, and then also really good for my body, which uh, being out in nature is like one way that um, getting alcohol out of my system was like hiking a lot and being grounded and being surrounded by nature and just interacting with nature and being like, this is, this is where it's at. This is where life's at, not drinking and not sitting at the bar, like hanging out there. That's not what life's about mm -hmm. for me, for me. Yeah, absolutely. I was kind of having this thought earlier is that it just it's so interesting that we even, you know, collectively the alcohol is used as a celebratory thing, but in, in, in reality, what it really does is it, unfortunately, it kind of takes away and lessens the excitement. You know, it's like you, it, it's like this facade that, oh, it's like makes it more, but it really doesn't. It inhibits you and it inhibits your ability to use your superpowers, which are your emotions yes yes and really tapping into those and being okay with those yeah before i feel like i wasn't okay with those and so i would drink to you know forget about them or put them away somewhere else and now i'm really sitting sitting with some emotions that um like i was saying with my inner child work like sitting with some of that um loss and loneliness that i experienced with from my father leaving and being like that's not how everything's going to happen that's not how all men are going to treat me like mm -hmm. that's not you know and sitting with that and being okay yeah well I'm really proud of you because that's a it's that's a lot of tough stuff to handle and I know but coming at it and knowing that the the worst I mean really the worst that can happen with an emotion as far as I, my from my perspective and my opinion is not feeling it you know it becomes worse when you don't feel it rather than allowing it it gives it its opportunity to do its work yeah know? totally um, the chemical response. Yeah. yeah. And do you, yeah. think, and I kind of feel like this and that the, the extreme, um, like 
I also think, you know, not only would you not have been able to tune into these things drinking, but had you not experienced alcohol at all, you wouldn't know the opposite of it almost of like how, I don't know. I always see that. I see this a lot with people that have had an experience with alcohol and that now are really tuning into the pleasure and power of being themselves uniquely to being a woman, to experiencing nature and mindfulness is that it's almost like you are able to tune into the pleasure of it more so because you have had that, that extreme um, comparison. Definitely perspective is all, it's all about perspective and having that information definitely makes the perspective better. Yeah. Um, And, um, and sometimes, and this is my experience and then we'll move on, but I'm just, it's so interesting to see like how, you start drinking and you really don't and just and I would just come curious for you is that like you didn't really realize that the alcohol was solving problems that you didn't even know you had until you stopped drinking it's like these things come up but you're just so in the process of drinking all the time that you don't even know you're not dealing with it kind of oh totally yeah it's yeah. a if state very very much so and so do you feel like this process of changing your relationship to alcohol and stopping drinking was really an opportunity to get to know yourself on a deeper level? Oh, very much so. I've, I've dove deep (laughs) into myself and really like, um, found myself, I feel. And Mm -hmm. coming into my 30th year, I feel like, wow, what was, where did the last 10 years go? And, um, more or less, I wasn't drinking fully that whole 10 years but in the last five very heavily and so um it just it also like you're saying for the perspective of if that's what that 10 years was like the next 30 years is going to be amazing because Mm. there's so much opportunity now Mm -hmm. and uh, not being limited and held back by that belief Mm -hmm. that alcohol is what's going to be good and that's what's going to help me what's going to help me is myself and my, my resilience and really just powering through yeah, that's amazing. Um, and now that, and just because we're like in this current time that we're in, um, can you talk a little bit about how you feel like you're being, your inner resilience is supporting this current global pandemic, like different than it would have been had you been drinking? Oh man, I, I focus a lot on the money, <laughs> the money that I'd be spending and I save a lot of money now and I'm able to, um, focus on myself and not, you know, instead of what everybody else is doing and going and doing what everybody else is doing, taking this time to really just, what do I want to do? And take the the day, the week to focus on setting a, two things a day, three things a day that I want to do and accomplish that are just fun or, or supportive for a goal that I have. And um, yeah, that's, that's one thing during this pandemic. I've made sure to set, um, set a goal or two each day so that I can accomplish something, even if it's something small, mm-hmm. coloring, coloring, or, um, getting out and sitting in the sun for 35 or 45 minutes, like setting, setting it on there. So it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I, so many clients that I've talked to and people that I've been communicating with, you know, through the podcast too, have been, just jumping for joy that they're not having to deal with one more stressor and alcohol really being that stressor rather than, you know, adding, um, using it as a tool to take away stress when in in fact, at the end of it all, it kind of just adds another layer of 
the anxiety and definitely yeah yeah go ahead oh no my cat she's being crazy underneath the covers <laughs> no she's totally fine I think having a little um animal spirit friend with us is a, is a good thing right now yes. um so what is a what is a belief I mean you kind of have hit on some mm -hmm. of this but what is a way a belief that you have now that you've never like you just couldn't even have fathomed before like when you were drinking that is true for you now that I can the, the belief that I can and then mm. kind of a blank period behind that mm. um the alcohol put a lot of it fueled the self-doubt and um being able to to build on the, that block of I can do this every day I did that I can I can mm. um and so yeah it was very empowering in that um I can not drink like I can live a life without alcohol and that it is amazing and it's fulfilling and it's um very purposeful and more intentional I feel like too because just when I felt like when I was drinking I was kind of bumbling my way through life and not really realizing what was happening just kind of going with the flow as opposed to now where I still kind of go with the flow but in a more intentional way that's like I understand the flow and that um, sometimes it's an ebb and then mm -hmm. a flow and um, really yeah just being able to understand that and learn about those things yeah I love that. I now I understand the flow. That might have to be your that might have to be your quote for the for your for the cover of this. Um, yes. It's a good one. Um, yeah. No, I think that I love that that I can. And do you? I mean, I find that it's just. And this is what I work with clients on. That it sometimes is just that one thought that can get you through to the next day. Um, is Definitely. that what you found when you were, when you were going through it at the beginning stages, um, that self-talk was very critical in the beginning. And as, as I built on the more positive self-talk, it, um, it made it a lot easier. And, but I would say at the beginning, my self-talk was very negative and very hard on myself. But as I came out of the alcohol, I feel like as it worked out in my system, I was able to really build on the positive and side of the self-talk because that's where yeah you, it'll make it or break it definitely mm -hmm. do you do you remember a couple of things that were really supportive at the beginning I mean you might not remember a specific thought that you had but um um really relying on on myself and then also reaching reaching out when I could not um when my, when my own bootstraps wouldn't pull me up I would call on myself and my friends that I knew would could help me like Kaylin and um, since my friend Ashley who are also sober and they um, their support meant the world and really journaling mm. also being able to journal and then reflect and look back and see where I was at that point in time um, which I hadn't had the idea to do when I reached out to Kay she was like you need to journal you just write anything down get it out of your head and just let it go mm. and um Mm -hmm. looking back now and reading those a year later it's like whoa <laughs> oh I know yeah and congratulations because you just came up on your one year anniversary. yes thank you yeah I'm so it's so it's awesome I tell you know I don't like I I encourage people not to not count days because it is exciting to have those markers I just never want people to feel like if they do stop and start, I don't ever feel like there's a starting over. And so that's right. why I think sometimes those that counting days can hinder people, but at the same time, it is definitely a milestone 
um, to celebrate of your, of your life and your accomplishment. And, um, and, um, yes, I think that I just love that you talk about journaling because it's like the brain can only hold so many thoughts. And that is a lot of the work that I do too, is like, get it out because once it's out, then you can move on and refill that with something new that's going to actually serve you. Definitely making the space for other things to come in more mm. positive, abundant thoughts that really are fueling the fire as opposed to drowning it. Well, I wanted to kind of just jump back to talking a little bit about, you were saying that you reached out to some people for support and, um, how was that process for you? Like earlier on asking or talking about, um, just talking about your relationship with alcohol and how was it with like your partner and your mom and all of that stuff? Yeah. So I would reach out when I was having cravings and things that were uh, beyond what I felt like I could handle. And they would mm. encourage me to continue making that choice and that um, remind me why and um, be supportive in that. And then um, like family functions obviously changed because now we had to have non-alcoholic beverages that were available and things like that. So my family was very supportive, um, but from a different perspective because they were still drinking. And mm -hmm. so I felt the most, most support from um, people that understood where I was coming from. And at first it was very, very difficult to verbalize like what specifically was feel like I was, what was that feeling was for me and how, um, how I could express that. And Kay was just very intuitive with me and, um, always very supportive. And I feel like that's one thing that like, if people are trying to stop it, they should definitely reach out to somebody and like get that support from somebody that's been through it because, it's definitely not a journey anybody can do by themselves. It's a, it's a team thing mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. I think that piece of being heard and understood. So you just don't feel alone. Um, although it's a personal inward journey and you, you know, you have your own experience and your own thoughts. It's that su the support of other piece. Um, so it's like this to support of others. It's the internal resources really tuning into that piece of yourself. And then just, you know, extending a hand and not being, um, you know, taking that leap of, of being a little courageous to say, you know, this is what's going on with me. And I really could use a, a, a you know, an ear or the support. So that's awesome because I really think if we don't talk about it, it kind of just pushes down those emotions again, that we've already just been pushing down for so long. And so, um, to really move through it and make it a process of healing rather than just, white knuckling it, not drinking. It's an actual right. healing process. And that's really where I see the distinction with, with some other, you know, sobriety programs, but just like, it really is like, you've got to move through it. You know, you've got to move through it and you've got to get used to feeling emotions. And like you were saying, like at first it's like, you're not used to feeling emotions. So what are they even? I'm just going to let yeah. them be what they are. Um, uh, did you, when you like, so you had your accident and then did you make kind of a declaration to your family? Like, Hey guys, I'm not drinking and I need support. Or what did that look like? Cause I know that's a really hard thing for some people too, is to kind of create and establish boundaries around what you need in light of other people still drinking. Yeah. And it definitely was a hard conversation at first. Um, when my accident happened, my parents were in Hawaii celebrating their anniversary and their birthdays. Um, so that was uh, some, a piece of news that I held on to until they got back. And when they got back, they were 
um, when I told them, they were more so upset that I didn't tell them right away <laughs> and that I wasn't, you know, that I felt like I needed to hold back. And um, so that was nice to know that they, they weren't concerned about themselves and that they wanted to just help and be supportive. And since then, um, whenever we, outside of COVID times, did, you know, family dinners and Thanksgivings and things, it, it, the menu changed. We have a whole lineup for um, not just alcoholic beverages and really, um, when we go out to eat, if we do go out to eat, making sure that it's not just a bar, that it's an, it's an established restaurant, that I'm not just being surrounded by this environment that's not pleasing to me or um, serving to me in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's really nice. And, and parties that my, my aunts have thrown, they've also been very supportive and just providing what I need. And, and really anybody, you know, that doesn't want to feel that pressure to drink. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's so nice to have that support. Cause I know that's not the case, um, for everyone. So, um, do you think just putting yourself out there was, I mean, obviously if they didn't know what was going on with you, they wouldn't know how to support you. So asking right, for right. what you need is kind of a good step. Definitely. Yeah. And I hope that, uh, this year is inspiring for them to, you know, being able to see the drastic changes and leaps that I feel like I've taken this year that'll inspire them to because they're so close to me as well you know Mm -hmm. be able to see that for themselves look inward yeah Yeah, that's awesome it's definitely um a piece that um I've kind of made that decision for myself too rather than talking and shaming alcohol like just looking at it from a personal perspective that it wasn't in service of me but always being open and not judging others so that if they feel like um, they don't ever feel shy that if they ever feel like they're ready to make a decision, different decision for themselves, they feel like they, you know, they're not on the defense that they're seeing, wow, this person is open and full of light and love and they're just enjoying their life more and they're not shaming anyone. I just think that's such a great way to support others rather than, you know, you're wrong now. Cause I do think people can kind of jump on their high horse when they get sober. For um, sure about that. So that's great that you're just staying open and going with the flow. <laughs> yes, I love yes. that. Um, are there still challenges that you face around alcohol? I mean, you talked about going, you know, being in the environment. Is that, how does that feel for you now? Um, I've, I've had more interactions in those environments that were uh, triggering before and they've, they've been less triggering, but the trigger is still there. It's still something I have to walk into knowing that it's going to be a trigger and, and being okay with it and knowing that I will come out and I won't be drinking. And that's, that's great. That's what I want. And um, so, yeah, also limiting those interactions, that's still something that's an active um, part of my choice to stay alcohol free is that I don't put myself in those positions that could be compromising to my choice. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I've, I've found this amazing kombucha is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, I've really leaned into tea and um, ritualizing that as like my after work or cool, before bed drinking tea and or kombucha and um, using that as a, a tool as well. Awesome. I love that. And um, do you, have you found that the trigger, like the association triggers or what I call them, like just going into a space where you used to be or a specific situation that maybe you even haven't been in in a while that you used to drink in. Um, do you find that the awareness is more obvious now? Like, oh, this is just something I used to do and that it, it becomes less and it becomes easier to just move through it. 
Definitely. Definitely. The more it happens, the more you can build that strength and yeah, Mm -hmm. be aware, be aware of it for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always, um, that's one of the things I really like to emphasize to people is just reminding them that the brain is built of intricate pathways and memories and that it's not necessarily you and what you want anymore, but it's just an old association. It's literally is, it's a trigger. It's a cue that you were used to before. And to just remind yourself that there are those different layers. Like there's this highest part of yourself. That's like choosing on a daily basis to have a, to have a, this life, this amazing life that you have. And that, um, I think kind of setting yourself up for success and being like, okay, this might be triggering. Yeah. Knowing that the setting yourself up for success is the best. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're not aware and, and that being the goal, then yeah, you can definitely fail. Yeah, that's awesome. So it sounds like you have really established a lot of tools for yourself to to stay successful. And I think that that's, that's really awesome. Like when you start the process, you can kind of see like, okay, what is challenging for me and how can I make it through and having your, the peop- your people to talk to and, um, you know, limiting exposure in certain situations um, until it just no longer matters can be um, a really great, place to start. So um, what do you think is something for others that you would really, you would really, you you think would be the most useful piece of advice for someone that is like just starting on their path of questioning their relationship with alcohol and they know they want to make a change, but it sounds like the scariest thing in the world right now, because um, as you know, when you're in alcohol, when you're drinking, living an alcohol-free life sounds, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to put words in my, my in your mouth, but um, that it seems like impossible, or it seems like it's not going to be fun, or it's going to be awful. Is that kind of where you, what your belief was like when you were drinking? Almost certainly. I didn't think it was possible, and that I didn't think it would be fun. Like, I didn't think I would... Um find enjoyment in life outside of drinking and and how would I do x y or z activity with without drinking Mm -hmm. and um and then realizing that oh my gosh I can go camping and not drink and things to that same effect um and that those were the what I found the most joy in hiking and being grounded and just sitting with nature um I feel like those those tools and really leaning into those like things that maybe you did before you drank or that when you were a kid that like being in nature, um, how mm. that can really help, help you and just, just try it, just try a week, a day, uh, whatever it might be. That seems like a long time for you. Um, give it a try and then build on that. If that's feel what feels good, keep doing it because it mm-hmm. does, it's a beautiful life on this other side. And it, it is scary at first, but if you find somebody that you can get support from and you pull up from your bootstraps, I think anybody can do it for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you think when you would go, and I, um, I love the example of camping because I felt the same way about that too. It's like when you, in retrospect, looking at it now, it's like, what, you know, what did change? I mean, the experience is still the same. Yes. And it, I remember things more. Um, I'm able to drive and not feel like I'm compromising myself or anybody that is with me. <laughs> um, a lot of things have changed, but only for the positive, you know, mm-hmm. I've saved money and I'm, um, more aware. I've been able to gain a deeper connection to myself and 
with people that are close to me and I've also gained a lot of awesome new friends that I I before thought I would you know I, I have one friend that's it I can only have one now I'm like this is a world of people that I can get to know and really be open to that and not feel like you know alcohol in my little world is like that's all it is like no mm-hmm. there's this whole universe out there that's just been waiting for me and I just had to get this out of the way first it's so awesome. Um, do you feel like when you would go and show up at these situations, like like something that you really love, like being out in nature, camping and um, hunting and stuff, do you, when you were first showing up, not drinking in those situations, did you approach it? Um, how did you approach it? Uh, well, just, I went cold turkey. Um, so that was just not doing it and made it aware. Um, people that I would drink with formally that were there would ask and I'd just say no. I would sometimes explain if I felt comfortable um, my experience and then the choice that I made because of that. And then, um, and then oftentimes it, it wouldn't be one conversation and that'd be it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we just keep on going. And um, it wasn't a big thing after, after the initial interaction with the previous people that I had drank with. And once they had understood it, it didn't become a thing after that. Mm-hmm. Do you think you were showing up with a different mindset of like, I'm going to try my best to enjoy this, like no matter what, or um, like how, what did that look like? Oh yeah. It was definitely a get out there, be with, get in there. That's what I wanted. I didn't Mm. want to be away from it. And, uh, and going back this year, a year later, I'm like, do we have to go home? (laughs) Like, can we (laughs) just stay out here? Um, Because yeah, it's just very grounding and you have this different sense of I don't want to say self, but it's a more deeper sense of self out there. It's quiet and you're able to really, without alcohol, that you're just able to just really tune in more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did want to kind of come back to that piece of it. Well, cause that's the thing. I mean, so two different things I wanted to kind of say is that if you're doing situation, going back into situations that you love, but you're doing it alcohol free, um, ch- choosing beforehand to show up with a with a different perspective, with a new mindset of like, okay, this is going to be different, but I'm really going to try my best to enjoy it rather than like, this is going to suck now. (laughs) Right. That's yeah. Makes all of the difference. So do you feel like that was a big shift for you um, of just like showing up to make the most of it? Definitely. Yeah. The paradigm wasn't, it wasn't obvious at first, Mm -hmm. but now a year later, looking back in the reflective state, it's definitely been that for sure. Mm -hmm. Not in a, in a deprivation state I'm really a more of empowered and like this is what I'm abundant state this is what's being offered to me now as opposed to what am I lacking what am mm-hmm. I missing out on mm-hmm. I definitely don't don't feel like I'm missing out on anything yeah <laughs> when it comes to alcohol awesome um and I did want to just kind of touch back about specifically about being in nature because um as you know we moved out to the mountain and um I really feel like our disconnect with nature, which I believe is kind of our home and a place that connects us with our truest nature. You can call it spirit or, you know, what have you, but that inner self. Um, How do you feel like that has supported you? And you kind of did touch on it briefly, but if you have any more insight in that. Oh, I just, I think it's so empowering. Just being out in nature and sitting quietly underneath a tree, looking at the ground around, watching a bug, crawl around being being small in a world that's so big mm-hmm. and busy and just loud and and sitting quietly and listening to the birds and watching 
watching life happen around you. It's just, it really is amazing. And I feel like with the cloud of alcohol, it's, it's, you're looking through a different lens and Mm -hmm. having, having this lens to look through. It's just so, it's like putting on polarized sunglasses. You can just see for days, Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything is clear and crisp and beautiful. And the memories are the same to that effect. I felt like when I was drinking, I wasn't able to remember things as well and, and as often and clear. And now it's much easier to do that. I still have still struggle, but it's becoming easier mm-hmm. without that. Yeah. And so when you do, um, when you do have da- tough times and not necessarily even around alcohol, but you know, we're human and, and like, you're just going to still have a human experience with or without alcohol. Um, yes. Do you find that now instead of, you know, reaching for a drink, you have, and you did kind of touch on this earlier too, but different go-to tools for supporting, supporting yourself? Yeah, I found different hobbies. So, you know, I've really leaned into gardening more and being um, more of a perfectionist when it comes to that and trying to optimize what I have and um, be, and going back to being self-sustaining and gaining that uh, skill. Um, and then also just coloring and hunting and like archery is a uh takes a lot of focus and a lot Mm -hmm. of patience and I don't think I would have been able to do that and that's one thing that when I am stressed or aggravated we have a target set up in the backyard at 20 yards and I can just shoot my arrows and practice and it really gets me in this like zen mode because you have to focus you have to be still you have to be balanced and there's certain points and position that you have to hold and so that act in itself is really um relaxing and Kind of odd way. <laughs> no, I mean it's definitely like you have to tune into your breath and yes, all of exactly. that stuff. So, do you think finding new, um, you know, new things to do has been really crucial for continuing? Oh, definitely. To make this a a more expansive process rather than just like I'm stopping drinking, but everything stays the same. It's like I'm stopping drinking, but I'm also going like next level. Yes, look at my tool belt now. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, I just definitely. had this image of you as like, do you know Deanna the archer? I think Deanna's the archer. Do you know uh, her? No, I don't. I don't believe I do. Okay. Well, we'll have to look her. You should look her up and I'll make sure that's who it is. Um, okay. Oh yeah, it is. It focused intention. I just had this vision of you like with your bow and being this like amazing goddess. It is Deanna the oh. archer. So we'll have to okay. look her up. Maybe she can be like a, she could be your guide. Because maybe totally. she'll resonate with you. Um, okay. And so if you could say anything about like your big why when, you know, for, for making the change, but also for continuing this change, what would you say like your, your big like intention is at this point for you or your big why? I've really been, I've settled on two words and I've been saying them to myself for the better half of the year, um, expand and explore. Mm, in all aspects really expanding myself and exploring myself expanding my knowledge of the universe and exploring the universe and really everything expanding it and exploring it expand and explore and yeah beautiful (laughs) oh my gosh I love that that's definitely gonna be the title of this episode expanded (laughs) you're you're helping me out thank you (laughs) yeah right back at you dear thank you for the support platform is really I'm I'm so happy to be here and share my story and hope that it helps somebody else 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to just touch on one more thing because it is something that has been a theme for me, for clients, for people I've been doing this interview with. And I think it's also in the collective as we've seen um, even just on social media as the, the rise of the feminine, the feminine leadership movement. And how do you feel like um, how do you feel like that's shown up for you since you've changed your relationship with alcohol, tuning into your more feminine or divine feminine nature? Do you feel like that's been a shift for you? Definitely. Still in the movement, still moving that way, feeling, mm -hmm. oh, finding, yeah. finding that power um, and really harnessing it. But I'm still like in the beginning phases of it. I don't think I would have been able to without alcohol um, out of my life. And I think that... Um, tuning into that being strong and powerful woman and, and being supportive of the other women too. I think that's for me where it really resonates. Yes. I think that's such a huge piece and that, um, that like kind of uncovering that, that there's that power and privilege of being that the a female, the, or, you know, the feminine essence of emotion and how, um, we can really use that as our superpower and be strong and be the archer at the same time and focused. And um, I just think it's such a beauty. I don't think it's, I think you're in it and you're always going to be in it because it's a vastness of exploration. Um, and I know for me, I'm continuing to show up of layers of myself that I just didn't even know existed. And um, I think it's a beautiful journey of, um, of the sacredness of who you are. So continue to explore that. And um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else that you want to leave for our listeners today? Uh, no, stay safe. Wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Stay safe and wash your hands, regardless if we're, we're in, <laughs> you know, in quarantine or not. I think it's, yeah. I think it's a good habit that people will, will have now and not to, you know, make light of it, but um. And of course, we send blessings to everyone who needs the support right now with or without alcohol. And we know that there's a lot of um, people out there that are, that are needing extra support today. So hopefully this is a little shining light for, for you, for our audience. And um, Tina, thank you so much for being here. You're such a blessing. And for, what is the kitty's name again? I'm sorry. P Pippi. Pippi, little black. <laughs> yes. yes, our black magic cat. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in. And Tina, um, we're just so glad to have you here. Thank you so much. Ditto, dear. Thank you. Okay. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Bye. The process of unraveling your story outside of the confines of alcohol is truly a sacred and beautiful journey of the self. Rediscover who you are in a whole new world again. Stop by my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to get instant access to the on-demand workshop of my revolutionary five shifts approach. And while you're there, you can sign up for a one-on-one -on -one consultation where we will create together your life intention. This is the framework for which all of your decisions around alcohol are made from your truest and highest self. In addition to working remotely worldwide, I host private one-on-one -on -one healing retreats at my sanctuary in Mount Hood, Oregon. I can't wait to connect.